Hey everybody, welcome back to another episode of the podcast Strikes Back. My name is George and you're listening to the weekly movie show with the boys Connor. Hello. Benny. Hi there. Well folks, here we are for another week and what a week it's been. Comic Con has dropped and Marvel amazing panels so many things so we've dedicated a whole episode to that separate from this one this episode we're just going to be catching up on all the other news plus a lot of trailers to drop this week it chapter two top gun maverick and i'm really excited also to talk about Watchmen. but of course before we get into the news we have to catch up on what everyone's been watching and benny been away for a couple of weeks in japan mm-hmm. how's everything been man we've been missing you good i've been missing uh watching movies and tv shows and also you, of course. Um, <clears throat> I, I, Thanks, man. oddly enough, that that last one didn't seem as sincere. It's so weird. <laughs> it's something you have to say. Um, I, of course, have been yes in Japan. Not a lot of time for sitting around watching TV over there, especially when someone smashes your phone and then someone else smashes it even worse. Um, so the only the only real exposure I got was uh, on the flights, um, where I decided to watch something that I. You know, flights are a time you watch something you're never going to watch otherwise. Yeah. So I chucked on Once Upon a Deadpool, the re-release of Deadpool Two. Oh, okay. The the, the PG thirteen, yeah, the PG thirteen um, edited version um, with you know extra content. Um, and say what you will about the delirium of flying, but I really, really enjoyed it. Um, the 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 added content, the the wraparound, the um the Princess Bride kind of um framing device that story. they put on it was so funny and so well uh, written, uh, acted, improvised, whatever it was. Um, Fred Savage, the the little boy from Princess yeah. Bride, he was so he's so good in it. Um, he's a big sitcom director nowadays. Okay. Um, so he's, his comic timing is, is impeccable. Do you have I, to I really have like seen Princess Bride to get a kick out of those scenes? Oh, I don't think so. Okay. I, like if you're, if, you're, if you're vaguely aware of it, uh-huh. it doesn't reference it overly. Right. Um, if you just know what it's riffing on, which cool. I'm sure you do. Um, and, and otherwise, I really got to say, I don't think much, if anything, was lost from the removal of all the, all the F words and the, the ultraviolence. Um, I think, because it's PG-13, so there's still plenty of swearing and violence just without all the blood and really excessive stuff. Yeah. Um, and there are definitely some of the action scenes feel a little choppy because they weren't made to be edited that way. But the, the dialogue was all really kind of seamlessly done, I think. Um, and like I said, I, I really don't think anything was lost. And if, you know, Disney does want to neuter the character a little bit, I, I think he can be just as successful. Like if they incorporate him into the MCU, um, I think he will be just as funny, if not more funny, if they have to beep him every time he says the F word. Um, cause I think there's something funny in that alone. They could make a really easy joke of that when, like now that he he's has, moved over to this universe, yeah. he can't yeah be profane yeah. anymore. Every time he, he says like, fuck, and he hears a beep, he kind of looks around and goes, what the hell was that? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I mean, we've talked about this before about how Deadpool like could move into the, this universe really easily cause he mm. can break that fourth wall. Exactly. Yeah. And I, this, this movie, <sighs> I, I enjoyed the experience more than watching Deadpool two the first time. Um, cause that movie was sort of a disappointment to me. There's all, all number of factors that like, I'm not saying this is a better version necessarily, but I enjoy the experience a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, and to give this movie the credit that I, I maybe didn't in the initial review, fuck, it is gorgeous. Um, David Leach is it, I think the, mm. yeah, yeah. The John Wick guy, it, it's, um, such a good looking movie. Um, so yeah, I enjoyed that a lot and that is all I've watched. Nice. Mm. Wow. Connor. Um, I went on a bit of a Guy Ritchie um, uh, I was going to say rant. That's not the right word. Swept away. Tyrade. King Arthur, yeah. the, the, the sword. No, the legend no, of just, the sword. I, I went for 
um, Snatch, um, and Rock and Roller. Wow. Um, do you say Rao? Yeah, I said Rao. <laughs> sort of fight you. Rao. <laughs> um, which which was really, it was, that was interesting to do because Snatch I haven't watched is, that since I'm like 2008. Rock and Roller. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, neither have I. Mm. I don't think is, I've ever seen that one. That's the Gerard Butler one, right? Yeah. Yeah. So that was, it was, it was really interesting because going back to Snatch, that's quintessential um, Guy Ritchie. That's hey, the, the, the creme de la creme. Hey, like dags. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and so to to revisit that one was such a cool like oh yeah I remember Guy Ritchie when he was doing like mm. he was at the top of his game. Mm. Um, remember when that was considered a disappointment after Lockstock? Yeah. Oh oh how little they knew. Yeah, I mean like if you knew how <laughs> is that the case? How it could fall, really? Everyone was like it's not Lockstock, you know. <laughs> wow. Okay. I mean Sherlock to be Holmes fair, two comes out and they're like it's we not, wish this was snatched. It's not <laughs> Lockstock is is I I kind of hold them both in the same general area Lockstock mm. is is still a little bit better in my opinion but very much you know uh top of the tier for for Guy Ritchie um and so and and but and one of the cool things about that is, because it's one of his earlier films is you you see how he's you know experimenting in finding his own uh kind of nuances in in film um you know the and it's things that you see that are a little bit more polished in future films you know what say what you want about the future films whether they as a whole they work but there's you know there's usually he usually injects something of interesting filmmaking into his um into his movies and so you can kind of see him experimenting with that in the earlier days um and so i went from that and i went to rock and roll and i'm not sure if that was his next film there might have been some ones in between no there's a few in between but swept away was definitely before that yeah that was the next one i remember like that was kind of the the next in the chrono, like if I think about it, is is it was the next timeline. sort of gangster entry. Yeah, and it was the kind of like, oh, it, we're 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 doing like another lock sock, or we're doing another um, snatch. Um, I watched that, and I can't, I can't pin why this movie is um, a bit of a disappointment. It feels like someone trying to make a Lockstock or a Snatch. Yeah, exactly right. It <laughs> yeah. doesn't have. It has a couple of the cool little um, filmmaking, you know, ticks and that you, you usually find in Guy Ritchie films, but but it's not overly heavy on that. Mm. Um, it uh, it felt like a dumbed down version, to be honest, of of his Snatch and and Lockstock. Mm. And that movie teases a sequel at the very end, doesn't it? It the does. Real, the real it rock does. and roller, which. Still waiting. <laughs> Which it, it makes it feel a little bit more, and I ha- I hesitate to use this, uh, but I, I it feels a little bit more American. Mm. It feels a little bit more Hollywood, right? Mm. Um, let's you know, let's make it look a little bit shinier. Let's simplify some things so that it reaches a wider audience, and let's set it up for a sequel. And in a lot of ways, those those first two feel very indie. Oh, oh big very time. much, yeah. 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 And and I don't think they gave a fuck about whether you understood half the characters in that. In fact, mm. there's lots of jokes about how you're not meant to understand half the characters. Um, there's uh, I won't call it convoluted um, storylines, but it's certainly like it's it's inventive. It's kind of all over the place. Um, whereas whereas this one just again it feels a lot more. You just you're kind of waiting for it to feel that kind of rawness that you got out of snatch so yeah that was a that was a weird experience to go and and coming off the back of having seen aladdin um i think that 
I would be really interested to watch Guy Ritchie's full um, filmography. Brave man. <laughs> Sorry. It's pretty stacked. He's basically pumped out a, a film every two years other than Sherlock Holmes and The Man from Uncle, which is four years. Mm. He's pretty prolific in terms of the amount of content he's put out over the past 20 odd years. It's, I mean, it's, it's, I, I, yeah. I, I do recommend him on Joe Rogan because um, his interview there, it's quite interesting to, to hear into his mind and like his process. And I love it, um, his thoughts on fashion and perseverance. His, yeah. his thoughts on fashion and style and that, which I thought was really interesting. Like what? Um, he was talking around about like, you know, why he wears suits and what the, the power of wearing a suit is. And, I just, like it, it's not something that I would have really ever thought about. You should go hang yeah. out with Chris Nolan. <laughs> should. <laughs> um, yeah. Look, I think that uh, um, it'd be really interesting to see, like, to to just kind of watch through his filmography to see how his um, movies have changed and and how that has, you know, how ob- the obvious injection of money into his productions has, um, you know, influenced his filmmaking. The interesting thing is that so every film up until then he had not been a producer and he'd been a writer and director. This is Rock and Roller. Um, and Matthew Vaughn, you know, director mm. of First Class Kingsman was always his right-hand man as a producer. And then Rock and Roller seems as though he um, was the only, he, was, he was the main producer. So maybe it was just the fact that he, his team kind of, you know, disassembled, um, you know, Maybe it's because he had more control that it wasn't as good. Who knows? But um, something interesting there for sure. Um, and that's when Matthew Vaughn sort of went off on his own and did kick ass and whatnot. Mm. Is that everything, Connor? Mr. Ritchie. Yeah, yeah, that's fine. Nice. Uh, I've been listening to the Chernobyl podcast that you recommended, Benny. Mm-hmm. Um, and a few of our listeners have actually messaged us saying how good it is uh, on Instagram. Yes. And um I cannot recommend this enough. Mm. It's so good. The killer. podcast. Oh, it's so good. Um, for those who uh, haven't seen our best and the worst of the year so far, um, go check out that because um, spoilers, this was one of my favorites. And um, this podcast is a really interesting other uh, vehicle for you just um, to understand a little bit more about what happened behind the scenes. Um, and the main guy, his name escapes me now, but he wrote The Hangover and stuff. Yeah. I wasn't expecting him to have this kind of personality. Mm. I was expecting him to be a lot more sort of jovial and sort of, I don't know, but he's he's very thoughtful. He's very, he really was, he's, it was just so interesting to hear how determined he was to make this accurate. Mm. And if he couldn't make it accurate, he wanted to represent an accurate, uh, a, a accurate representation, if not 100% factually true. And that comes across a lot. And man, I was just can't tell you like HBO just doing such a great job with this cross platform. Like it's, I love being able to consume more content on this show without actually having to watch the show. Yeah, all it, feels, over it feels again. like a nice return of special features. Yeah, uh, in a different way. Mm. So I think this is like uh, hopefully this happens for Watchmen. That's an HBO series. Hopefully they pump out some stuff with Linda Lauf. Um I think this is a really really interesting way to. Um, just build more content around a show and and make people fall in love with the property even more. So if you guys are into Chernobyl, go check this out. Benny, recommending good shit. Just quickly, have you seen In the Mouth of Madness? Because I mentioned this last week. No, I haven't. 
dude, mm. we got to sit down and watch that shit because it's the it's so good. I've been blasting it's, the score for like the last oh, year and a half since I discovered oh, it, man. but I um, haven't gotten around to it. And those you should John have uh, suggested that to Georgie. Yeah, <laughs> I should have. Yeah. And those John Carpenter <laughs> albums are insane. <laughs> mm. I'm I'm pumping them right now. Yeah, nice. Um, let's get in the news. Definitely. First up, the big one. Drum roll. My God, we've been waiting for this for a while. Um, on Saturday, Disney and Marvel's Avengers Endgame crossed $2.7902 billion at the global box office, surpassing Avatar's $2.7897 billion benchmark and the 10-year run as the highest grossing film of all time. What a roller coaster. Congratulations. Yeah. Um, yeah. All of the analysts said it wasn't going to happen. Mostly us. Um, we are the key ones. Uh, well, this I, is, this is I maintain that... Bob Iger definitely funneled money into this. Of course he did. <laughs> Honestly, because the, the way that this kind of st- seemed to stall just like $30 million short. Mm. And I, I, I looked at it a couple of times during that week when they released the um, extra footage, I say in quotation marks. Yeah. Um, and, you know, I was like, oh, well, they haven't done it. Like, how are they going to milk $30 million out of this thing when the extra footage didn't do it? And then to, to see that just kind of pop up the other day, I was like, the fuck is, how did this happen? And the first thing I thought of was like, that's $30 million of Bob Iger's money. <laughs> yeah, no. Personal check just over to yeah. some, some theater. Yeah, it, it, like if they'd, if they'd hit this the week after that re-release happened, it would have been more of a triumph and victory. But this mm. is like that stumble towards the finish. And- Nonetheless, they got it. A Disney property has beaten another Disney property. Um, 10-year record breaking, that's pretty significant. Uh, again, all of this stuff is very compromised. It doesn't really mean too much. Uh, Avatar was 10 years ago. There's inflation. There's uh, yep. 3D ticket prices. There's Gone with the Wind being by far the highest grossing film of all time, if you take inflation into account. Um, but still, congratulations. They've earned it. Yeah. Um, I've always thought that it'd be really interesting to get um, numbers on um, attendance mm. or on like tickets bought. I've always thought that that should be a far more interesting or that would be a far more interesting um, metric to use. Oh, yeah, I think uh, just if you're ever looking at these numbers, try and get as many different metrics as you can because they're yeah. all interesting in their own way. The, the The list of adjusted for inflation, highest grossing of all time, is so interesting. Yeah, it's fascinating. Um, just like socially. And, and you have to also factor in the number of screens as well. Mm. You have to set the number of attendees versus the number of screens because yeah. um, if it was only on one screen and, and you know a shitload of people rocked up well maybe it's because the local area marketing wasn't good you know there's there's a lot of variables in there so and a fun little tidbit is um this avengers re-release earned about 40 million dollars the avatar re-release earned about exactly the same okay um but that was a much more significant that was nine minutes of footage added back into the film at a cost of one million dollars per minute um so that was a proper kind of director's cut sort of thing um, did we ever mention what the, yeah, for anyone did. who didn't see it, what the, the actual Spider-Man footage was that they had in the, in the re-release? Because, you know, they had a tease for Spider-Man Far From Home in it. Yeah, you mentioned that. You, but do you know what it was? No. It was literally the first scene from Far From Home with Nick Fury and Maria Hill going to Mexico. Oh. That was it. And then Mysterio comes up and is like, you don't want any part of this. Wow, that was it. That was it. Wow. And, you know, there, we've found out since then, since Spider-Man Far From Home came out, that there is an, an entire deleted segment, um, Peter's to-do list, that has that scene of him taking down the mafia guys in the restaurant yeah. or whatever it is that oh, was yeah, in the trailers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that's going to be included as a short film on the DVD. Put that in the re-release because yeah, sure. that's something cool. Yeah. Uh, yeah, anyway, we've railed on that re-release enough, I think. Yeah. Um, it's done now. It's official. 
Yeah, I don't know. This we is... all said it was absolutely going to happen, then absolutely not yeah, going to happen. Yeah. It was going <laughs> to hit four billion, baby. <laughs> such I a remember that one. Mm. Do you think this this is like this is the ceiling? Like, for, for ten years or so, yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I think when. I mean, we can talk about this more in the the Marvel Comic Con episode, but um, yeah, it's going to be a while, isn't it? Yeah. Well, it's just because they've only just beat them. Yeah. I mean, like it's it's not as if like you know what's the closest thing to um to Avatar, it's like Titanic, and that's still like it's quite a big gap, isn't it? Force Awakens, uh, Avatar, <laughs> Titanic. Oh yeah, Force Awakens is third. Yeah. Uh, fourth now, sorry. Yeah, sorry. Mm. Just give me two seconds worldwide. Um, God, it looks good sitting there, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah. It's, so it's sorry. Uh, uh, two seven eight nine. It's almost six hundred million dollars away from number three. Number two and three yeah. are about six hundred million dollars away. So when mm. when Avatar overtook it, it took it overtook it by quite a bit. Yes. Whereas this has only just inched by. You know, you would expect the next big thing to kind of blow past it. Maybe this is just as far as you go. Well, you know, all these like top the, the top earners will be def, de, you know defined by a couple of million. And the, also the the changing landscape. Yeah, I mean, the, like the look at the. Much. I mean, spoilers. There's a lot of Disney Plus shows. You know, it's not all heading to the cinema. Yeah. How, how do they? You know, what, what what metrics will we be talking on in the future? Will it be Number of, you know, view time, number of viewership or whatever that, you know, whatever that phrase is on Netflix, you know, not a dollar value. Yeah. It, it's well, getting it's interesting, interesting that you mentioned that because it's, um, it's not in our news thing, but Netflix just recently recorded their first net drop in subscribers, yeah, I think I ever, that. which is, that's, that is very interesting. Yeah. Um, for Was it a hundred, hundred, hundred thousand? It's getting ready for Disney Plus, baby. They, yeah. they initially said three hundred thousand, but then the report was one hundred and ten, I believe. Mm. Yeah, yeah. In the um, in Q two of this year, it's because they, they cancelled Iron Fist. <laughs> that, that's what it was. Yep, yep. Yeah. Um, no, I think that that's that's really interesting because I think we're entering a new era of yes. streaming. Like I think the Disney era we had exactly. And I don't mean the, the era of streaming. Era. I mean a new era of the world. <laughs> it's the Disney era. This record is Disney's now and forever. Whether that be Avengers Endgame or whatever they release next, yeah. nothing is ever going to knock it out of it being a Disney thing. You're yeah. probably right. Mm. Until Fox comes back and buys Disney, <laughs> and then like, who the fuck knows? <laughs> I mean, what what other production company is like? I mean, Netflix is probably going to be a contender, um, for uh, in in that realm in in terms of production and, we'll and distribution. But it's just like that, like the IP is just not there for any other entity. Mm. But Pixar, I think that's, that's what makes Marvel. it so impressive. I mean, if if you think about what Disney is doing and what Netflix is doing. You have to give kudos to Netflix because Netflix is not using ex- or is not for the most part using existing. They're a trailblazer. It's awesome. That's the Disney thing. They're a trailblazer. They got such an early foothold and such a long-standing and strong one that I, I I feel like they haven't done that great a job other than just like throwing content mercilessly. Mm. I feel like they're going to be losing that footing very quickly. I come, think that's how soon. how they got to where they are. I think that they are, and then you, you're starting to see it. They are. Um, beginning to release, I think, movies that are not just put out for the, you know, for the sake of it. Mm. Um, they'll have The Irishman coming out. They, Thank you, word you know, for it. Um, last year, Netflix had at least one or not, if not two films that made our top 10 lists. Um, you know, yeah, it would have been two for me. It was um, 
What's that Natalie Portman one called? Uh, fuck. Natalie Portman one? Oh, Annihilation. Annihilation. But that and, was... And they had Haunting. Yeah, Michael but House. that was Paramount produced and then they sh- and then they sh- they shelved the distribution. Yeah. So, yeah, but I agree with you. The, the problem is, is whenever you first enter into the market, often a lot of people leverage all that failure that you've done and they one up on you. And I think that's what Disney's doing in a way. They've, mm. they've let Netflix road test it, take all <laughs> the learnings from there, maybe even poach a few people, come on in, product development, and hey, there we go. If Netflix actually poses any threat to Disney, they'll just buy them, so whatever. <laughs> um, speaking of serious contenders, oh. we're getting a theatrical Walking Dead film, Oof. and it will focus on Andrew Lincoln's Rick Grimes. Um, so this is only about five or six years too late, but it's still a pretty interesting move. Why is it interesting? Because I've watched one episode <laughs> of The Walking Dead, and I was like, I don't get it. I'm it's an out. interesting move, because wh- how many seasons has it gone for now? Seven, yeah, eight? I think it's in its tenth, tenth? now. Jesus. And, and then there's and the he, other one? He What's left? the other one? The Fear of the Walking Fear, Dead. Fear of the Walking is Dead, Is that a yeah. separate show? That was a prequel show that very quickly kind of caught up to the other show. I only watched half a season. I don't right. know. I have no idea have what's you, going on Have you watched The Walking Dead? I've watched the first five or five or so oh, seasons. Wow. Um, yeah, what a keen. I was very on and off. Like I was never like super dedicated, but I'd always read the AV Club me. reviews and every now and then it would just get one of those B pluses or an A. I'm like, well, maybe I'll catch up. Um, and it, it's a very well-produced show. You've got to say that. Amazingly well cast, uh, great acting, um, very repetitive writing. I've, I've read a lot of the comic as well. And it's the same thing, you know, they everything's horrible, then they find a refuge, then humans are the the real monster, and then everything goes bad again, and then they find another refuge. Um, but so Andrew Lincoln left the show um, mid-season last year. He was the main character. Um, his exit from the show was dumb as hell from all I could tell. I haven't watched it. I've read a lot about it. Um, not as dumb as some other characters. But uh, yeah, they announced shortly after that there would be three TV movies starring him. Um, and we have, we have not heard really anything about that since uh, and then suddenly just the other day they come out they're making a theatrical film which i don't know does that seem incredibly misguided to you yeah i oh. think this... the brand is one of the biggest in the world in the world of tv is the viewership still strong no it's okay. been dropping heavily so as you said five six years ago it's a killer move this mm. comes out 2013 probably mm. would have fucking killed it mm. right now that that from what i hear and what everyone tells me who's into this show it's gassed the fuck out. Mm. But this show created a huge zombie boom. Oh, massive. And if they had capitalized on that earlier, which they did with the show, each season broke records. Like it was kind of That's for a HBO, while there. Right? It was, it was uh, AMC. AMC. It was kind of, yeah, it was kind yeah. of like uh, Game of Thrones and Walking Dead. Those were the big two two guys Yeah. Um, in terms of viewership. Um, but it's definitely the last couple of seasons, I think, have actually started to see a decline for the first time. Um, so, yeah, this seems, uh, I don't know. But it, on its own the idea of a Walking Dead movie, I think there's a lot of promise in that because the world that they've set up is very interesting and the, the comic actually just wrapped up finally after uh, 190-something issues. Right. Um, it was very interesting. It came out of nowhere. Um, the, there was an issue and then the next issue was coming out and it was like, oh, by the way, this is the last issue. Wow. Um, I mean, Rob, cool Robert Kirkman, it. awesome, awesome writer. Um, so that was, that was no cool. No fucks given. Yeah, absolutely. And I, I, people seem to be pretty happy with the comic ending, but... Uh, okay. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I, you, no interest in this from you guys, I assume. No, I've, I've only, I think I've watched maybe half an episode mm. of The Walking really? Dead. Really? Um, on a concept level, it, it, it seemed pretty cool. Mm. Um, well, I mean, but what is different to the concept? Like, it's a zombie apocalypse, right? 
Like well, what? No, what, I, what I like is, the idea but, of doing a TV show. Yeah, that like deals a long form. Oh, like you know what happens after the outbreak? Like there's so many movies that you can watch that are like about oh, the outbreak. You know, it's an hour. It's or you know two hours. <sighs> it's about the outbreak, or it's about shortly after the outbreak. Um, and it follows like you know one person trying to survive mm. um, in a very kind of isolated or or kind of yeah. yeah no, I got gotcha. you. One scenario, and I like the idea of going long form of um, you know following a set of characters and how they navigate a world that's changing. Um, bring in some kind of apocalyptic or post apocalyptic style um, things in there. But um, when they got on when when I started hearing about how the writing became very repetitive and mm. how, you know... Which in all fairness, that world would probably be. But well, exactly. <laughs> it doesn't right? make and it I any more fun <laughs> to watch. Which, which to me, was I would have probably gone and watched it if it, they had capped off at like three seasons mm. or something, which I think would have been, a, you know, artistically a really smart thing to do. Um, but it felt like they didn't have much of a long-term plan, which is always, you know, hard to do, but... But, I mean, they have so much source material to draw off. Yeah, but there was, there was the same kind of repetitive nature. Uh-huh. Um, it was just, uh-huh. you know, really bleak and... With the black and you know, white art feel, style. It feels and... like a, a realistic interpretation of what living in a zombie apocalypse would be like. Like, yes, bad shit would keep happening. But, um, yeah, you do get to a point where it burns you out. Um, the one good thing about the repetitive nature is this film will definitely not require you having seen any of the series, I feel. Yeah. Like, you can, get, you can watch the first couple episodes and you will be caught up. Um, anyway, we'll see how that goes. That's a, a, a weird one. Very surprising. Speaking of surprising, Edward Furlong is to reprise his role as a young John Connor, providing a new performance to be digitally added over child actor Jude Colley's face. Oh. So this is John Connor from T2, uh, Judgment Day. Um, he, yeah, he has not had a good run. He's one of those typical child actor Washed stories. Um, Poor just, guy. You know, yeah, drugs and alcohol. Um, and shut, domestic shut violence, up. I believe. Yeah. Is, that, is well, that correct or incorrect? I, I, you better back that up, buddy. <laughs> um, I, was, I was reading in a... Sorry, I was reading a... That's headline reading, mate. Yeah. <laughs> Gone as speciality. Yeah. The actor was arrested I read multiple thing. times on suspicion of both felony and misdemeanor domestic abuse. Suspicion, suspicion. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, this... Uh, so, 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 so his face is going to be put on some other kid's face and de-aged, <clears> so he's going to be a little... Little baby. It's a. It's a very. A it sounds baby. like a very complicated and probably unnecessary process. Yeah. I feel as though th- this could be weird, mm. but it, it could like the face replacement tech has gone so crazy. I exactly. mean, on that that corridor crew, like that they that the YouTube channel corridor crew, they go through the Scorpion King mm. scene and they fully do it up and they um, in a day. deep fake deep fake yeah. put the rock's face yeah. on the rock. And it's, it looks better. It's a significant improvement. So, yeah. I mean, if that's just AI, mm. they, there's some pretty crazy stuff they can do here. But I why? just feel like, yeah. Why and, go to that effort? Why because, bother? Because they can. Because this is a Jim Cameron production. They've got to push everything as far as they can in terms of the digital realm. Mm. And But storytelling. Fair so fair this enough. is obviously going to be a flashback or there's going to be some kind of, uh, like, what's the significance I, behind there's, So there's not- a lot of indications as to where this story is going to go. I don't think... Uh, I don't think uh, John Connor's going to be in it for long, but uh, yeah, I think heard, this is I've a loss, well. loss of of focus from or loss of their minds. <laughs> yeah, well, loss of focus from from the filmmakers and that that are doing this, which is that you know, to people, bring him back. 
No, well, yeah, yeah, but that that decision to like let's let's like what you said, let's push the boundaries of technology. In all fairness, Jim Cameron has been behind some of the <sighs> biggest technological the breakthroughs. Uh, well, Terminator Two, yeah. Judgment Day. My God, the yeah. stuff that that movie did Avatar. has changed the industry forever. Avatar still looks incredible. Avatar, um, bro, that water, man, <laughs> that water. We gotta watch that again. <laughs> um, and also, I gotta say, what we've seen of this movie, Terminator: Dark Fate, which DF. I did not mention. Um, I think this movie looks pretty damn good visually. Visually, visually it looks yeah. awesome. Yeah. Uh, Tim, Tim Miller, he, he's a, a visual effects guy. He did Deadpool, which I think looked great as well for the budget it had. Um, so, and then the, the tech involved with that new Terminator, I'm loving that. Mm. The, the, the suit and the, the layering on top, love it. And if you're ever going to take a franchise to really be experimental with uh, technology-wise, do it with one no one cares about, like Terminator. <laughs> like, what have we got riding on this? It's fine. Um, so good luck to him. Uh, Eddie Furlong potentially deserves a break. Maybe not. Who can say? <laughs> That's for the courts to decide. <laughs> yeah, I'm more curious about what this what this means for the story. And I have heard what you've said, and they're yeah. taking it in a different direction. And I, I, I like I Me like too. the idea of kind of subverting the the chosen one trope yep. and going in a different direction with it. So yep. I'm kind of keen to see this movie because I didn't watch the last one. You didn't see Genesis? Hell no. Bro, we are <laughs> sitting down for that shit. We okay. need a case of beer. <laughs> right, give me two. Uh, yeah, we can do uh, that. What time is it, though? It's trailer time. Trailer time. So we have got a lot of trailers to get through. Rapid fire. Um, 76 <laughs> to be exact. Yeah, strap in, everyone. <laughs> um, so let's just get through these. Uh, first on our list, we've got It Chapter 2. Um, yeah, I, I mean, the. did you guys find this one as impactful as no. the last trailer? Negative. But the, the so, teaser trailer? But different. But very, very different. Very different indeed. I, I, I got to say, <laughs> I haven't watched the last one in a while. That one kind of blew me away. I think this one did more so. I, I, really? I'm so goddamn keen for this movie. And this trailer, just every part of it, I'm just like, I, I love it. I wish so, I had that same feeling because I thought that first one, the way they did the one scene yep. and then the okay. clips at the end that I'm like, that is a fucking trailer, bro. Yeah. Mm. It's a cool um, way to do it. And then this one was just your typical trailer mm. where you sort of saw and the imagery in this looks amazing. Yeah, but I, that's what I, I think they threw a lot of really esoteric imagery in there that I, if you haven't read the book, I've, I've read bits and pieces about it over the, since the first one came out. So I kind of have hints, but I feel like it, it's pretty random kind of stuff getting thrown at you. And then there's also some cool stuff with like referencing back to the first one. Mm. I think this is going to be a really awesome, and little two-hander it's chapter one i really chapter hope so. two i hope yeah. they nail it because this looks promising so one of the things that um i got out of watching this trailer was just how good of a job they did with the sound production of the first one that that um that nee, 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 just mm. uh, not even just the it's iconic, melodies of it, it. it's but, iconic and it's just from the trailer it's not in the yeah. movie but what is what is that um uh, What's that sound? That sound. It's like mm. a weird synth kind it's of kazoo type thing with, a, with some <laughs> reverb and something. Yeah, and I, like yeah, it's got that graininess. Yeah, that the a kazoo and has. Yeah, how bloody effective is it? Mm. Like it's it's just it, literally kind of, my one di- disappointment from the first film that it wasn't in it. Yeah, because yeah. I loved it so much. It's it's um, so weird, and mm. it kind of it goes to show that that trailers are are a bit of an art form themselves, mm. and um, it has always had really good ones because it's you know when you. We we see trailers like every day, but when one is you know either really bad or really good, they stand out. Um, That's how you get the views. Yeah, really good or really bad. Um, the one thing that really stood out for me in this trailer was how 
great of a job they've done with the young old casting. Um, seeing them all it's juxtaposed, so with especially the Ben. Especially Ben, I I couldn't believe the, the little the, the chubby yeah, he one. He looks awesome because we knew they were going to cast him as like kind of he like he grew up good, like turned into yeah. a beefcake, but he looks so much like him yeah. still. Yeah. I, it's so good. I'm I'm so excited to see Peter both still, of these cast. Still so spot on. Mm. He's got exactly the same frame glasses as well. That's, like well done. That was, sir. He was kind of the one I was like the least because they just put the same glasses yeah. on him. I'm like, <laughs> he looks identical. He has it's two like, arms, two legs. It's like the chubba chubba ad where the guy has the the chubba chubba in the ID in real life. I'm like, yeah, it's the same guy. <laughs> even without the glasses, come on, yeah, that's totally, pretty totally. damn good. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, I don't know what it was that I wasn't like, I wasn't like. Oh my fucking good! You know what really did it for me was um, the the voiceover Pennywise's mm. voiceover. His yeah. voice sounds like nothing yeah. human. It is amazing. He is the most amazing. Skarsgård is just he's so on point. To so see him at the end there, Bill yeah. Skarsgård without all the makeup and probably look more terrifying yeah. is a testament to how committed like he is to this role <laughs> and how much cocaine he, he needs <laughs> to get in there. Is that's it's That's not white. It's not white face paint. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> he's just covered in it. He's dipping his head in every every take. <laughs> his left eye's like <laughs> <laughs> looking for more. <laughs> but I, 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 I'm just, I just need this movie. Yeah, like, most anticipated. Please, please. Mm. Um, trailer number two. We have Top Gun Maverick. Um, I have to make an admission to you. Uh oh, I've never seen Top Gun. You haven't gone through the danger zone. I I only saw it for the first time a couple years ago in 3D in the cinema. There was there was a (laughs) re-release. Yeah, in 3D. It was a great. It was a good. It was a good. (laughs) As far as 3D goes, it was well done. Um, the movie itself was so much fun. Yeah, it's an awesome um, movie. It is. It is really good. There's not much of a plot to it, but it's just this weird, big, fun gay movie. And it's like it's people talk about the gay subtext of that movie. It is super text. It is not subtext. They knew what they were doing and they did a great job with it. Um, <laughs> it, it is it is a really cool movie. Amazing aerial photography. And this movie looks like even better. I cannot believe how good this looks. The aerial photography in this is insane. I feel like there's a like Chris Nolan in Interstellar when he put the camera on the side of the ship and mm. it gave it that really locked on physical feeling like they're going for that here and they did it in there's that shot of him taking off off the uh carrier yeah which really highlights that and i thought and and that's been a trend that i've seen with this aerial photography and they seem to be embracing that to the next level when i saw that that scene for the first time i thought there's two things that went through my mind was first of all is tom cruise actually just flying a fighter jet he definitely learned how to which would not surprise me i I mean no he definitely did (laughs) how insulting to people that actually like you know fly jets and you're like you need like genuine skill and a lot you know someone was doing it and he actually did that thing where he flies up above him upside down it's like (laughs) (laughs) was that tom cruise (laughs) (laughs) Goes into a mountain. That that was that was Tom Cruise. Yeah, which is I think it's it's one of the greatest tricks pulled by Hollywood. Which is that whenever you see Tom Cruise in a in in a stunt, you're like, is that Tom Cruise actually doing that thing? No, uh, for me it's like, holy shit, they're really doing whatever is on screen right now. He's holding onto a plane. (laughs) That is a plane. There's nothing. (laughs) It doesn't matter whether it would be you know for certain death. You in your your brain like everything just feels more real than a Tom Cruise film, um, and I, yeah, I just think it's this brilliant marketing slash. I reckon it's probably like in it's his contracts a, that the take that finally kills him has to go in the film. Oh yeah, oh, probably hundred yeah. percent. Mission it's, Impossible. Was it in Corridor Crew when they were talking about how he in in Mission Impossible three they were like, no, you can't do these stunts. So he's like, 
fuck you, I'm becoming a producer. Yeah. And yeah. he became a producer on MI3 ever since. ever since. And so nobody can basically, there's no red tape for them to say, hey, Tom, listen, don't don't strap onto the plane. Mm. You know, he's like, I'm doing it. And that's the way it's going down. And that, I think that is just taking your own destiny into your hands. And it's a really cool thing to see. So this movie presents a major red flag by being a very belated sequel to an 80s classic. Yeah. Um. I'll be one you haven't seen, so you don't have any baggage there, which is cool. But uh, very different in tone. It looks. Di- director uh, John Kaczynski. I think I got that right. Oh, is it Kaczynski from Tron? Joseph Kaczynski. Sorry. Yes, Tron and uh, Oblivion. Oblivion. Oblivion is one of my most underrated movies of of this century. His I love. Vision, you can see he's agree. got that. He's oh. that visual style. He's got that really meticulous. Yeah. Look, and you can see that in this. Gorgeous, absolutely gorgeous. Um, and I think this movie looks absolutely amazing. Yeah. Um, obviously, Cinematography looks amazing. Everything I'm taking away from this trailer is how it looks visually. Yes. Yep. Um, but at this point, that is enough for me. I think and it looks the, great. And the trailer doesn't really give much away. It's more of like, mm. here's a bit of a sort of thumbprint of what it's going to be. It's not kind of getting into the details. The biggest so. takeaway is how well Tom Cruise has aged compared to Ed Harris, <laughs> oh, <laughs> who looks like a fucking canyon. Ed, Ed, Ed Harris, like, he finally got old, man. <laughs> Good up with you. He's been the old guy since, like, 96 or something, and now yeah. he's gone to that next level. <laughs> um, speaking of spaceships. <laughs> oh, what a segue. The Segway Master returns. Segway. That's what you get paid the dollars, bro. Oh, fuck. Um... We have Brad Pitt's Ad Astra. Uh, this is the second trailer that we've gotten. This is, um, yeah, Brad Pitt and Tommy Lee Jones in a interstellar-esque mm-hmm. style film. A um, little more sort of interesting. Like we talked about this on the first one. Just an interesting take on like the real world production design with more of a out there space adventure. And I'm really liking that combination. I'm liking it even more in this. I think it looks beautiful. I love Brad Pitt in this setting. I think these action sequences look great. Kind of like Martian level blockbuster, but with more, like just more sci-fi. Like every trailer we see for this, I'm so much more surprised by how real sci-fi it is. Like I thought it was going to be more kind of real worldy Martian sort of thing. but The mm. Martian was, and that but that was something really cool to see for for the Martian, Mm. which was like this kind of, if someone was actually living on Mars, apart from the fact that it wouldn't have been red, but like if they were actually living on Mars, what would have that been like? Um, and apart from it being red, it wouldn't have been red. Here we go. What do you mean? <laughs> oh, no, never mind. It's just not. <laughs> it's just, I'm saying like it, it was kind of as realistic. If you read the science books, I think you'll find. <laughs> no, all I'm saying is that it was. It, it, it was you're scaring, you're scaring George. It's more of a maroon brown. <laughs> Shut up. Um, that that was like kind of realistic interpretation. This feels a little bit more 2001 space kind of Odyssey type style. I don't um, know. I think very in, sci-fi. In the like look, said, it, in like his suit, that that he looks like. There's one shot where it's like the it almost looks like the 2001 with the reflections in his helmet. Mm. But then they're going in on the moon with those little trucks and they're shooting at each other with pistols. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is crazy. I've never seen this before. This. This feels like Goldeneye or something. Yeah, like yeah. I'm loving this. Really excited. And it seems to have integrity in the story. There's a lot of intrigue. What happened to Tommy Lee Jones's character? Mm. Like there's a lot in here that's got me very, very interested. Looks very cool for like an original property. Is it, is yeah. it based on anything? Let's have a look. I don't think so. Let's check it out. Because um, I, I definitely never oh, heard of it. Oh, the book Ad Astra actually. It's probably based on the book Ad Astra, hey? Yeah. Why didn't I think of that? <laughs> I'm basically hedging my bets right now. <laughs> if there's a book, I'm going to look super smart. Based on the 1964 <laughs> novella, Astra Ad. Based off 
Um, James's Gray's mind. James's cool. James's Gray's no 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 book. No, good to hear. We don't see many of these. That's fucking awesome. Except Avengers all... Endgame was the last really cool original thing we saw. I think. Uh, <laughs> I think it's based on something. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Checks out. <laughs> <laughs> you just see the joke hovering above his head. <laughs> Engage or not? <laughs> Engage. Um. Speaking of, yeah, we should jump to that. I guess. Yeah. No, sorry, it's <laughs> such a good segue. It's not less next on the list. You can't be the only good segue guy. <laughs> well, make segues in, in the right sci-fi. <laughs> no, it's uh, cats. <laughs> Speaking of sci-fi, mm. speaking of terrifying sci-fi's, there's a shot in here of Michelle Williams. No, uh, the the girl who won American Idol, um, and her she looks fucked man like <laughs> the the cg on her face she's singing or something holy holy moly like this is uh, this is disconcerting unsettling uncanny valley yeah. weird not not working for me and i don't think many jennifer people hudson, on the internet, jennifer hudson that? yeah. that's exactly what i'm thinking of yeah, yeah this is um in the trailer this is a, a bit of a weird one because it's just on a concept like just on a, um, a visual level this is really disconcerting like i I'm not a huge fan of these kinds of musicals, um, but uh, I mean, I I went and I, I watched uh, Les Misérables, um, and I I got through that, and I thought it was relatively good. The um, film version, yeah. So okay, I'll, same director, I, you know, like I won't I won't, you know, automatically say no to a movie just because it's a musical. But this just just on a visual sense. <clears throat> so this one has captivated me. This this trailer got a lot of traction when it came out yeah. for all the wrong reasons. Um, and Cats is one of those musicals everyone's heard of. It's one of the big blockbusters. It's been running consistently since the 80s. Um, if I d- had to do so much reading about it. It seems like it's kind of a joke even within the musical community. Like Not that many people seem to like it at all. Um, it, from what I can tell, it's basically like a series of poems set to a ballet. Like there's not much of a plot to it. Yeah. It doesn't make much sense. It's it's all about the dancing and the feel of it. Um, and then this movie comes along where they've spent millions of dollars on this new technology to create what is essentially the costumes from the stage. Yeah. Um, and I'm in this weird place about it because I, like I said, I've scoured the internet and I think I'm the one person who kind of likes how it looks. Um, I, 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 Dig it. I think visually it looks really cool. Um, I'm not really getting an uncanny, uncanny valley thing from it. I was much more disturbed. I was much more disturbed by The Lion King, um, the trailers. Yeah. I've not seen the movie. Um, I think it's interesting. It's not something I would want to watch for two hours. Totally. But I don't think Cats would be in any case, especially for you, George. Yeah. Cats is for the stage. This is, <laughs> Jesus. It's where not, I never go. <laughs> no, um, I'm happy to go see it, but it's it's like some of those properties you can't like. There's there's inherent mediums: podcasting, comic books, um, TV, uh, films, stage. They and they all have their own inherent strengths and weaknesses, and things that you need to lean into, and things you need to leave on behind and this one i feels like i don't know if this is a good one to to bring to the the like why are you doing it if you're just reproducing the stage yeah it's like it's like okay it's like for example you've got the lion king um the the 94 version and then you bring it to the stage and you do a different version you package it up differently now then you take that same version on the stage with the people in the amazing costumes and stuff and bring that into a film setting similar to this it's not going to work it's just not going to work so I, i feel as though it's like you got to pick and choose your battles and Hey, you know, I fucking love cats, like actual felines, you know. Um, <laughs> Not anymore. <laughs> felinus catus, mm. as the Latins say. Mm. No, 
No, I'm I'm not around this. As but also, there is, I I I would happily put the statement out there. There is no version of this that you would be happy with or interested in. 100. percent Yeah. So, um. And I I'm I'm honestly in a similar boat because Cats as a musical has never appealed to me. I I like musicals a lot, but I'm a little selective about them. Um. I've never seen Cats, and from all I can hear from even bit hard uh, diehard musical fans, they don't like this one. But just this trailer alone. Just for me, the reaction has been so overblown. I think it looks yeah. really cool. But that's that's just me, and I'm not going to fight for it because um, <laughs> I know I'm alone. <laughs> also, can I say that if I see one more trailer with this exact trope in it, I'm going to lose my mind, which is that they they say, and with Rebel Wilson, and then it's Rebel Wilson doing something sort of funny and then hurting herself or making a joke about her that being fat. Horrible. I'm like, horrible. Th- that you, I, th- every trailer that Rebel Wilson is in, it's that exact same thing. And with Rebel Wilson, you know, either fat joke or her hurting herself, you know, cut to next scene. It's Without that bit fucking... of her, I might have actually gone to see this film. <laughs> <laughs> and and the thing is, I don't dislike Rebel Wilson. No, no. It's just um, the presentation. Yeah, it's just the way that she's cut into these damn trailers. It's mm. like, it's, you can set your watch by it. Mm. I don't dislike her either, but I don't really want to see her in movies often. <laughs> um... <laughs> I can't think of many regularly. I'm cool with. Yeah, yeah. No, I, well, I mean, I, I, I don't dislike her in films. I'm not going because oh look, it's the new Rebel Wilson film. I'll, I'll go check that I out. I do sometimes dislike her in films. Uh, okay, big grading. Which one? Rebel Wilson. No, no, no. Which films? The Pitch Perfect movies. Yeah, I don't mean to like <laughs> put you on this one. Which films? <laughs> Name no. them specifically. And then all those uh, Dirty Rotten Scoundrels remake. What was that called? Whatever. The Hustle. Hmm? I don't know. It's fine. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> it's fine. <laughs> and with um, that. Next we have... Sorry, can I just jump in really quickly? I just want to say, Jennifer Hudson's uh, rendition of memory from that trailer was amazing. Okay, that's it. <laughs> oh, listen. <laughs> She's the, getting no credit. She that... is an amazing singer. Yeah. Uh, like, and it's a banger incredible. of a song, man. It's, anyway, carry on. Sorry. But she looked cool. fucked. <laughs> um... Her face was moving around <laughs> and shit. Yeah. I was like, what? Uh, next we have uh, Jay and Silent Bob Reboot. Um, so did either of you, have, have either of you watched Jane Silent Bob? Ages ago, man. Nope. I, I used to say that I hate Kevin Smith, then he had a stroke. Now I'm like, I don't like his movies. <laughs> <laughs> hey, what do you got against Kev? Nothing now. He's a yeah. great guy. I love him. <laughs> you, you good good like on you. people. <laughs> well, he's not fat anymore, so he's, he's, he's good exactly. in my book. Jesus. That's exactly. Actually, what you said if, without the right context <laughs> is terrible. Because <laughs> you're like, I hated him when he was fat, and then he no, stopped being no, fat, no. and now I like him. Something horrible <laughs> happened to him. And I remember I remember seeing all the headlines going around. I'm like, fuck, like, I, I, hate, I hate that I've been negative to this guy. <laughs> And, and you know, he almost died here. Yeah. No, no, I'm glad that you clarified that because it, it sounded so bad. Oh, such, that, that too, absolutely. He's such an interesting guy because he hasn't yeah. been hand-fed uh, a career. The first Clerks is yeah. great. Yeah. Yeah. So um, that, that original kind of belongs to a style of comedy, which I really loved as a teenager. It's dumb. It's, you know, uh, crude. Um, it's dumb. It's dumb. <laughs> um, and I... Weirdly enough, I think it has its place. Like, I, I, I would hate to see those kinds of movies. Um, it's your dumb Friday night movie. It's no different to, like, a Baywatch or something, you know? Like, slap it on. I don't know that I would sell you my Friday night with that. Um, grab a pizza, a couple beers. Yeah. How many actual Jay and Silent Bob movies? Is Jay and Silent Bob Strikes Back? Is that the only actual Jay and Silent Bob movie? Do they crop so. up in his other films? Because they were from Mole Rats, right? They're, they're, that- they're, they're in Clerks. Yeah, okay. I think they're in pretty much all the View 
Esk Universe okay. movies. Right. Um, but I, that's the only movie they have, right? Strikes Back. I, I I think so. That's the only one I've seen. I'm not I'm not really across it. Jay Moore is looking good, man. All that um all that weedy smokes must have just like Dude. crystallized him. Yeah, and he's hilarious, man. I remember him and Zack and Mary make a porno. At least one scene about the Dutch rudder. Holy fuck, that is so there, funny. There is a commentary. It must be Clerks because that's really the only um, Kevin Smith movie I've delved into too much. That it's just them. They're all kind of like fucked up, and Jay Moore is just lying on the floor, half passed out. He's so drunk. Just chiming in every now and then. It's a very strange commentary. Yeah, um, sounds awesome. This this just looks fun, and you know, Kevin Smith. I've listened. I listen to his podcast here and there. Um, he's obviously a massive DC guy. He loves comic book movies. Um, I'm liking how they're kind of weaving in, weaving a few little things in there, and the cameos look pretty impressive. Like obviously, they sort of CD grade cameos, but it looks fun. Ben Affleck and Chris Hemsworth are a CD. <laughs> Terrible. Oh. Done, done. I mean, I mean, you know, Cheech, Cheech or Chong, whoever come, comes up at the end, you know, he's C or D list. Come on, is that who that was? Yeah. Um. Oh, really? Do you know? Yeah. That? yeah. Have you ever watched or Chong? Have you ever watched <laughs> yeah. a Cheech and Chong film? No, no. They look it's fun. very much the same style of yeah. humor. They, like. they, they, they sort of, they were the. That's the genesis of this whole sort of stoner movie. Those mm. guys. Uh, possibly, yeah. I'd, you know, I haven't delved into it that much. It always blew my mind that Cheech Marin was in The Lion King. <laughs> he's had such a career in this. Like, yeah. Voice out. Yeah, he's one of the hyenas. Oh. He's yeah. a, uh, oh. Bonsai. He's, he's also in some Rodriguez <laughs> films, wasn't he? Uh, I don't know. Tom, Tommy Chong was the one that was in this um, okay. In this that trailer. explains why I didn't recognize him. Um, Cheech was, was in, I think, um, Machete. Of other things. I'm mm. loving your pronunciation today. Yeah. Les, Les Miserables. Les, Les, Les Miserables. Thanks, Mark. Yeah. I remember working at the cinema and getting that. Oh, and I was boy. Like, I'm going to fucking end it, bro. I can't handle this. That's, the, we should we should do a podcast about the most commonly mispronounced. Oh, some of the yes. titles we got. Oh. Prometheus. Django was a. Django. Wonder in Bruges. In oh. Bruges. <laughs> in Bruges. Um, anyway, I'm not going to watch this one. Next up. Um, a beautiful day in the neighborhood. The Mister Rogers biopic. Um, George, you want to go first? <laughs> <laughs> you know what's so interesting is Tom Hanks. Man, he, he has one of the most unique voices. Mm. I can't shake. I'm like, that's Tom Hanks. I'm trying to like, no, this is Fred. I thought he did a Fred Savage. Fred Savage. What's the name? Mr. Rogers. All right, come on. You have to admit, when he did his first little singing intro and he goes like, hello, everyone, he did a really good impression of Mr. Rogers. See, I I guess I just don't have any familiarity with that character. Yeah. Have you you watched much? um, Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, Mr. Rogers stuff? That's like a- a, We didn't get him in Australia, so- At um, all. Not that I'm aware of. Oh, so I've wow. I've never seen a frame of him before. Me I've neither. read a lot about him. He seems like an amazing inspirational oh my person. Goodness, yeah. And someone who managed to make it through his whole life and die, yes. Yeah, um, he's without horrible stuff coming up about him. And fingers crossed, it seems like it's not gonna happen because like, it's been a while. Actually that's what this is guy. about. This, this movie like, is yeah, just gonna take a real big scandal. left turn. But it, well, yeah. <laughs> he seems like one of the most top tier guys ever to he, just have like lived up to his persona. He's this amazing. Is, he's kind of one of those you're you're kind of spot on, right? Like as um as a kid that grew up in North America, he's mm. a, a pretty uh, he's like a staple. Like everyone would have watched he's a, right. one he's a, time or he's another. A, another parent to everyone yeah, who grew exactly, up. Okay. Right? And um and uh, you know, a couple of years later I saw him do a testimony in front of uh, I think it was Congress or something. Um and he was 
someone that on on top of being a good entertainer was someone that was enormously passionate about education and mm. and just you know um the youth of of america and and um kind of youth around the world um and so like yeah in my mind he's kind of like this almost like this angelic figure having said that i have zero desire to see a biopic about him cuz i mean They've, it's, this it's, is it's the gonna, story of Jesus. Yeah, it's going <laughs> to fall into the same trap that all these biopics fall into, which is you you have someone that is really fantastic. They've done a lot with their life. Their life is a really interesting story, but all the stories within their life are far less fantastic. Yeah, and they released, from all accounts, an amazing documentary about him last year that um, I assume would be... The, the one, the one to go to. Yeah, yeah. yeah probably. Yeah, I made a lot of top ten lists. And that's, I, think. I mean, I find that really frustrating because he's such a, you know, like I said, he, not only was he a, a really good entertainer, but was was really passionate about all the stuff that he did. So, um, completely agree. That being said, they have picked the perfect like acting equivalent of. Oh yeah, <laughs> Mister Rogers the and Tom good Hanks. Guy. Yeah, for yeah, now. <laughs> but, but once again, the voice man, I can't shake the voice. Like he is Tom if Hanks. You, he has such a distinct voice. The funny thing was, Mister Rogers sounded exactly like Tom Hanks. They used to say him about that all the time as well. No, they didn't. <laughs> no, 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 they didn't. No, no. To be fair, for some like his, it, it was it was weird. I I think he did a really good job, mm-hmm. particularly in the beginning of that trailer. Right. Um, you know, just kind of doing like for like as Mr. Rogers. Yes, he's one of those actors, though. He's always very much himself. I agree, George. He's yeah. he's he he's not the he's great actor, not the most range. Yeah, necessarily. Yeah. yeah. Um. All right, let's move on. Um. We've got next number seven is Monos. Um. This. This uh, <laughs> this trailer, I I had this to is, laugh at the beginning because it said it said something akin to a tour de force of cinema, a, a quintessentially cinematic experience. Yeah, and I was like, oh, it's gonna be one of these. Yeah, we we need to take these from you <laughs> whenever yeah. we're doing one of these movies. No, no, no one of us has you to know, introduce you, you it. You do because I get, <laughs> I, I I'm so conflicted because it doesn't with these go movies. bang bang. No, not even, <laughs> not even. I mean, like it's it's. There's some movies. I I think that these kinds of movies live on a what nice is edge. These kinds of movies, ones that good that, ones. Uh, no, that that's <laughs> that's fucking stupid. Don't. <laughs> um, ones that that try to um kind of push the limits that that uh might sacrifice um you know ones that are are usually less um less quickly paced, more kind of like. Ones that you'd say this is this is you know cinema type thing like it, it's hard to to really define what these kinds of films are, but when I talk about it, most people know what I'm talking about. And I think that these movies they they sit on this kind of knife's edge, where you know all it takes is is a little bit too much pretentiousness or or just not enough quite skill. And I think these movies fall apart really quickly in my eyes. You know, if I feel like a movie is trying to be too pretentious, it really ruins it for me. Um, Did you feel like this was looking pretentious? This, no, no, no. The the, the trailer itself, not necessarily. You mean more just art house films in general? Art, art house films in general, and I think they, and I think that's that that has to do with that's kind of like a symptom of where they live in terms of genre. Um, and and when those are executed, I'd love well, to see the list of all the art house films you've watched over the past five years. <laughs> Over the last five years, 
Um, Mother. I've I've actually watched a fair few, like more than I would imagine, but more than I would imagine, probably more than you'd imagine. Yeah. Um, but you, uh, yeah, if it's more than zero, then yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, and and but this is the thing. Like I, when I see a good art house film, I'm like, oh, cool, that was a really good art house film. But when you know, it leaves such a sour taste in my mouth when I feel like they're trying to be, um, you know, they're, they're trying to be arty. It's something that's that's always really bugged me. It would be a true crime for art to be arty. Georgie, what did you think of this film? I, I, I'm just going to say, like, what, even when I go to an art house film, and maybe it's a bit slower and maybe mm. um, maybe there is a thing, layer of pretentiousness there. I, I never feel as – I always feel like it leaves me with something – like even High Life, for example, at Sydney Film Festival. Mm. Yeah. Slow film, took its time, kind of weird, didn't give you everything – Kind of left you a bit weird afterwards, but it hung with me and it 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 lingered with me, and it was that's an what experience. I find with that's what I find with art house films, like compared to like a Transformers or something. I just want to forget about that <laughs> shit as soon as possible. Mm. So even if it's not successful, I, I tend to enjoy the genre. Um, but this, the cinematography, and this is what really stood out. I think like this looks absolutely incredible. And I'd read somewhere that there's some overlap with Lord of the Flies. And when I read Lord of the Flies in high school, man, I can't tell you how much of a profound effect it had on me. Mm, It's one of those like really dark examinations of the human condition. And uh, I'm really excited for this. It's like you're reading your year 10 English report all over again. It is. It is. (laughs) But no, you're not wrong. Like it's, it's, it is, it touches something very deep in our on our kind of overall behavior yeah, the, the animalistic part of the comparison to apocalypse now really interested me yeah i assumed that was from, course, from a production yeah. standpoint because it does look like they just shipped a bunch of kids to the jungle and gave them guns and said mm. let's make a fucking movie boys yeah um and i i think the results just based on this trailer look really cool yeah i'm very interested to give this a go i'm really excited for this mm. yeah i i will give this a, a shot let's do it baby. one shot <laughs> it's all text. there you go way more um, now for a real real tour to cinema <laughs> <laughs> um, Picard or Picard Picard I, Jean-Luc Jean-Luc Picard I make Pinot Noir on a little uh, crop of land I love it if you talk like this in this trailer <laughs> no one ever addresses it Jean-Luc we need you back that's um. I recently watched uh, rewatched uh, Life of not Life of Brian um, The Meaning of Life oh, and all cool. I can think of is the waiter like oh, follow, me. follow me uh, this petit is- Eiffel <laughs> <laughs> No, it's the, uh, the the waiter after that was like, come come with me. No, just a little further. I was born in this house. I was born. You don't like it? <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> that movie's so uh, good. So good. Anyway, sorry. Listen, Picard is actually what we were Let's turn our about. attention to you, Benny, because you are a resident Star Trek fan. Sure thing. Um, <laughs> have you seen Discovery season two? No, just season okay. one. So Some what I'm Star seeing in the intersphere mm. is people are pretty not happy mm. with how it's going. And... I'm not sure if this is a continuation down that path or not, but this doesn't really look like what I was expecting with this show. It's not looking. Yeah, sorry. No. Well, it's um, it's it's <laughs> it's um, it's uh, Patrick Stewart's second go at making Logan, I guess, because it seems to be what this is. It feels like that, doesn't in it? In a lot of ways. Um, I I only got halfway through the next gen, um, so I don't know how primed I am to watch this. Uh, Pretty primed. Well, I feel like yeah, they'll catch you up because they don't want to aim this only at people who've seen all eight seasons or whatever of that show. 
Um, but I'm in a similar boat. I mean, this this it looks well produced, but um, so is Discovery. It's got a sheen to it that I wasn't expecting. It's, yeah, yeah. It looks like really glossy and fake and bullshit. Okay, uh, I wouldn't go quite that far. But I, was, <laughs> I sort of escalated I, like, that a bit, I, didn't I? I agreed with you too soon. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, yeah, George, tell him. <laughs> I was like, no. Uh, I recheck my statement. Um, <laughs> I, it does have this kind of uh, sheen sheen to it that I, I couldn't quite identify. It like mm. it makes me feel like it's a very a very particular type of TV show, and I don't know what kind of TV show that it is. It's weird. Like I just like, it's something that I recognize but couldn't identify. Red Spiner is looking odd as data. Oh um, my god! They had, looks like they had to do a lot of work. Great. The, uh, what well, looks exactly <laughs> the same as nineteen eighty nine? For like thirty years later, he looks great. <laughs> For someone who they've clearly had to try and cram into that makeup and CGI the edges <laughs> off, I don't know. Oh, uh, yeah. It's, it's when he started speaking, I felt a little bit more at ease with the character. Mm. But it, when, he, when he was just like still, I was like, oh. Yeah. It looks like they just painted his face onto a balloon. It's like, yeah, they they did the same makeup they used when it was in SD yeah. back in 89. <laughs> no, I, I... That toxic stuff that's given him. <laughs> so the visuals is one thing, but I think this story, like obviously a trailer's not going to tell you everything. It's not going to leave all the cards out, but like this girl came to my winery and, and we got to go back to space. I tell you, damn it. And it had to be about the Borg, obviously. Oh, fuck off, man. Like, God damn. Like, get a bit more inventive, Kurtzman, and all you assholes. <laughs> fuck. Yeah. Like this, as a person who is like I grew up on The Next Generation. I haven't probably watched an episode in 20-odd years, Mm. but I really am fond of those characters. I'm really fond of all those 90s Star Trek. And this just looks like a really weak um, installment and I'm not that impressed. My first thought was, this doesn't look terrible. I will watch this if everyone says it's great. Otherwise, I'm not going to. Yeah, I'll probably be a sheep on this one as well. Yeah, Yeah. I agree. All right, number nine, we have... Watchmen, HBO's Watchmen. Um, this is a bit of a longer trailer than we previously had, yep. I think. Um, giving a little bit more details into the story. Mm. Um, I'm not sure if this was mentioned in the previous trailers, but about why the police are wearing masks. No. Were you guys I, cued into that before this? There was not much information in no. the previous one at all. Yeah. So I, I think that's really cool. Um, I'm loving the kind of... Um, futuresque post-apocalypse or not really post-apocalypse retro that's not, future kind of thing retro future for, yeah. well I love the real kind of basic real world um, you know just people in hoods and loose fitting not super stylized like, yeah. like Snyder's movie was like it really does look like they're living in the, the comic world this that, looks that was gorgeous out. like yeah. the, the production design and everything is it's stark in a way but it's just quite nicely put together and it's got that HBO sort of stamp of approval, mm. quality assurance on it, I feel. Um, I still don't quite get what's going on. Mm-hmm. I know, I, I don't understand uh, that So I'm, I'm, I'm like, that's awesome. I, I, I am, I'm, I'm very happy to be in that spot. Yeah. Um, whilst with something like Picard, I feel like I've already kind of got a bit of a, a through line of where it's going. Yeah. This one, I don't even know who the main character is. So, so we've got Adrian Vite is still in the picture, of course. Jeremy Irons. Yep. Awesome and then casting. We see Archie, Night Owl's um, ship, little airship. Ship, yeah. Hopefully um, he makes a return. And then we get a big Manhattan tease at the end. So he's going to figure into this, which is cool because he's such a fascinating character. Uh, uh, I, uh, <laughs> <laughs> All I was thinking about, like, that's probably some of my favorite scenes in the movie 
were, was Dr. Manhattan, particularly when he's up on Mars. His whole chapter, just that, that middle <laughs> chapter of his, is whatever you think about that movie, that is perfect. Gorgeous. Like, just, yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm 100% right there with you. Yeah, so with um, the little information we have on this now, um, I'm certainly very stoked. Georgie, you definitely are. I'm pumped. Yeah. I'm going to dial in that Foxtel subscription. And let's not forget the, um, the Atticus Ross and Trent Reznor Bring scoring. That's, that's probably oh, the most exciting element. Bring yeah. it. Hopefully Lindelof doesn't fuck it up. <laughs> when was the last time that they they did a score? What was their last? Um, they did a documentary. They've actually been branching out a lot more. Um, and Atticus Ross has worked on a few things on his own. Uh, so, so the last, but the last Resner. Let's have um, a look. Resner Ross, Ross production was a documentary. Was it? Yeah. Bef- so they did that one before the flood. Wow. He's got a lot. So, wow. Is this Ross? Uh, Bird Box. They did Bird Box. That's it. Yes. Holy I was trying to think fuck. of what I knew there was an unexpected one. Your, your That's right. Favorite Worst film of the, of the year. year. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Bird Box, The Woman in the Window. Wow. They're so wait, pumping it out. Mid 90s. This is both, Death Note. both them. Trent yeah. Reznor and Atticus Ross. Death Note that. was with uh, Leopold Ross, which must be his brother. <laughs> um, Atticus Ross's brother. So, yeah, they, they, they're working, man. And uh, I believe right. there's a new Nine Snails record in the works. So, oh, yeah. Um, they're working hard. Yeah. Or hardly working. Be well, you, tell me, you tell me, Reznor. <laughs> <You tell me. laughs> um, yeah, cool. All right, number 10, we have The Witcher. Um, which is being released on Netflix. Um, <clears throat> I suppose take, that's, take the reins. That's on, yeah, yeah, this, is, <laughs> this is on you, man. Um, yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so once again, my knowledge of The Witcher comes pretty exclusively through playing the games. I have not read the books. And from my understanding, this is a little bit more based on the books mm. than the games, which... If I'm to be honest, um, no, it does. It doesn't suck, but there's so much about the games that I absolutely loved in terms of both the visual styling and the, um, and in particular the music. Um, I find some of the music in that is so iconic and, and so well put together. I think that, um, something, you know, composers that do stuff for, for video games, I don't think get enough credit because, um, a good score in a video game is, you know, these are scores that you might listen to for hours on end. And Stuart Copeland again. from The Police did the most amazing soundtracks for Spyro the Dragon 1, 2, and 3. Anyway, carry on. <laughs> As a side note. <laughs> um, but yeah, so, I, you know. Do you think they captured any of those visual stylings in this at all? Um, a little bit. Hmm. Um, Does it look um, in any way inspired or, or they've just done a good job at adapting? See, I don't know because I haven't read the book. So I don't know how well adapted the, the video game is from the book. Hmm. But... You know, some of the armor, like the the general look of the Witcher, is 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 pretty on par with the game. Um, he looks a lot better than the initial pictures we got. He looks great in this trailer. He looks really uh, good. Henry, the Henry only Cable. thing that I found a bit weird is he, he still feels a little bit too muscular to me, um, particularly <laughs> you in that one up, scene. <laughs> in that one scene where he looks fucking swole, like, oh, like looks up. I was man. like, oh, that that's not <laughs> you know, that's not medieval times. Yeah, like I would give I would give fuck. anything. I would pay you five hundred dollars to go up to Cavill and be like. Hey man, love your work. You're a little too swole. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> dial it back a bit so and watch like him just punch through your head. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> just stare at me and watch me. Just to... <laughs> you do that Superman slow mo rap punch. Yeah, no, he'll do that. Oh, yeah, he, Wait, he, he like his, his, yeah. his arms. Yeah. <laughs> 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 was like, well, that was a uh, yeah, Mission Impossible where he reloads his hand. Like, like, nah, I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> um, <laughs> 
Uh, I'm sure there's a video out there on on the internet of it, like the cocking gun sound actually I've, going I've off. I've seen that within the last week. Yes, <laughs> have you? Yeah. Oh, I, I want to. I that. made it to myself. Um, <laughs> but look, uh, this this. I mean, to be honest, the the trailer kind of confused me. It, it didn't mm. seem to have a bit of a linear. Like I didn't like yeah. this trailer too much. It no, was it was a little bit too like it was it was a lot of things happening. happening. It, it reminded was, me most of like. Hellboy, the recent one, and the Dark Tower. <laughs> not no, in terms of quality. Do not that. in terms of quality. Just the amount of like fantasy nonsense happening yeah. all around. And but it, it's got me intrigued. Like the fact that Cavill's in this. I think at this point he's got enough sway, despite his DC yeah. being his kind of calling card. Um, I feel like he wouldn't jump onto this unless there was some reason. Well, and there's so much to draw Money. from. Like I mean, money's <laughs> the reason. Ah, oh, that's the one. Yeah. Do we all get paid? Or? <laughs> Um, the again, I speak from the games on the books, but they, they, there is such a rich subtext of um, I, I guess it, it's kind of like I won't say thinly veiled because it's not thinly veiled at all. Um, or no, it is, I suppose, thinly veiled. Um, uh, kind maybe of, more of a median thickness yeah. veil. <laughs> um, <laughs> 600 the, ply. the, the sub, subtext of it is, is kind of about racism, and they mentioned it in the trailer about how the you know the humans killed the elves, and there's this kind of class system. and um, and it's, it's one of those, it sounds a bit tropey, but you know, the real monsters are humans Whoa. type thing. Um, but there's, there's so much stuff in there to, to really dig into that this, I mean, in terms of, uh, what this will probably focus on is like 80 to 90% the, the politics and the, and the, the kind of, um, human stories. And then maybe 10% is him kind of going off and fighting monsters, mm. which, um, if that's what they do with this, I think that could be really cool. Fingers crossed. Yep. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't said anything on this and I'm going to leave it at that. <laughs> no, that, yeah. Like, look, that's fine. Like the, tra- I, I wouldn't, I think the, the I trailer think, looks kind of, the only thing I'll average. say is I think what they should have done is they should have had a hook about this fantasy world in here because right now I don't know anything about this mm. world. There's elves, there's humans. What? It's the same old shit in every fantasy world. Give me a little something. Oh, there's something out there, or, or, or there are these people, and this is happening. No, nah, it was just bog standard. And yeah. I was like, oh, well, you've you've missed that opportunity to to educate me on this world now. At this so. point, it might as well be a bright prequel. Bye. For all that they've shown a little us. bit, yeah. Bye. Um, all right, number eleven, we have Snowpiercer, <laughs> which I think kind of came out of nowhere, at least for me. Like I was not expecting to see a Snowpiercer. Yeah, I remember hearing rumblings of this after the film because the film got quite a good. Uh, had a good run in terms of reviews and whatnot. Mm. Um, I just looked this up. It's all based off a French comic from 1982, mm. Le Trans. No, <laughs> um, is, oh, so is the original? The, it's, it's a, I, I the original um, is a graphic uh, novel. Is is a, a graphic novel? Yeah. So then, okay. 2013 comes around. Bong Joon Ho brings uh, that in, which was a fantastic. Fantastic film. I really did love that. Chris Evans and Tilda Swinton is great. Yeah. Mm. And then this one seems a little bit redundant to me in a way. Like the production design looks exactly the same. It looks lifted. like a remake. Um, Tilda Swinton. I mean, Jennifer Connelly. I love <laughs> Jennifer Connelly, but mm. she has nothing on Tilda Swinton in this particular role. Yeah. Uh, so I'm kind of figuring out what, where's the, what's the why, intent why? here? Why? Um, this yeah, is, so exactly. this is, this is meant to be long form. So it's, it's going to be in series, right? Yeah. It is a series. So, I mean, there might be some value in it being a, a, a longer series. Mm. Um, we might be able to get something out of that, but you know, on if it whole, hits all the same beats that the movie went through just over a longer period of time, then yeah, I don't, I don't know. Like, cause that movie was... 
um, pretty well paced for what it was yeah. like. Yeah. Lots of little reveals and, and, and it, it, way it, built. it felt appropriate for that, right? Like you know, kind of going from trailer to trailer to trailer, moving forward. Like it's 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 Snowpiercer. It, it, there was a sense of urgency and yeah, you know, all that. I don't know that I the need momentum. to really mm. explore the the train the life yeah. type thing. Like mm-hmm. it's just, I, I think it was well suited to a movie. It, it's not very often that I that I don't want to see something in kind of long form and take time with character development and that, but I don't think it needs it. And I, a, I love the sort of fourth wall as well they brought in with that one where they were definitively traveling left to right. Mm. And in this one, I feel like it's already lost that. It's yeah. from all angles and there's not like that journey of literally like that that Mario platformer, go this way. Yeah. You know, the simplicity of that was really interesting. And I think this one's losing that. So, uh, yeah, I'd just watch the OG Yes. Yep. Um, next, we have uh, number 12, which is Harley Quinn. Awful trailer. <laughs> yeah. Awful trailer. Yeah. I've heard good things about the show. Okay. I've heard it's a really cool kind of skewering of the DC universe and the ridiculousness of it all. Um, and also, they've got Diedrich Spader back as Batman. And he played Batman in the uh, short-lived series Batman Brave and the Bold. He's from the Drew Carey show. Anyway, he's... Uh, my favorite Batman ever, I think. Um, Even the bald. Is okay. he the, the shorter guy in the Drew Carey show, or what? Uh, the dark haired. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I yeah know so exactly yeah, the, the two about. guys. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah kind wait, of. Um, wait, who's, who? Whose line is it anyway? Kind of guys. Which guys? From who's? I love Car- whose line. From the Drew Carey show. Um, the, the Colin, Colin, and no. Oh, okay. Not the bald guy. The the two kind of lanky doofus dudes. Yeah. Well, the, is he in this? Okay. Is, so just give me his name. I'm gonna show a picture to George. Diedrich Bader. Diedrich Bader. That's not his name. <laughs> That's that guy. Oh, no, he, yeah, I knew, I knew, I knew you were not <laughs> thinking of this guy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, I watching this trailer. It, it, the only reason I really want to talk about it is because it looked so similar to something to me, and I figured out that it looks like the Venture Brothers, which. Judging by the looks on your faces, you have never heard of. Um, it's a long-running Adult Swim show. It's created by it's these the Thunderbirds one, right? No, it's created by these two guys who <laughs> who who um who have full control of the show. They've really taken their time with it. They release a season like every three years. I cannot believe how long it's been running. Oh, the it's, Johnny Quest one, yeah. Yeah, it's kind of a Johnny Quest um knockoff. It, it, just all of these. It it's spent years building this mythology that just spins off all of these sci-fi pulp heroes and all these old action heroes and, and superheroes and stuff. Um, and I think this looks like they're kind of trying to do the same thing with the existing DC universe. And while I did think this trailer was terrible, I'm very interested to see if, if they are doing that. I liked how it kind of had that, like it, it had that aesthetic of stuff that I grew up on mm. in the nineties and the nineties, like mm. that cartoon style. So I was kind of like inject that with a bit of this sort of pulpy adult content. Yeah. And that, that's this, an interesting dichotomy there. towards though? Harley Quinn fans, I guess they have a low bar for quality. Okay. <laughs> um, I've 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 heard that I think they showed the pilot at Comic Con. I've heard comparisons to to Deadpool in a uh, positive way. Okay. So okay. that's cool. Yeah. I just I'm mean like the, the animation style is is very much that kind of cheap crap. <laughs> I'm not even cheap crap. It, 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 you know, I feel it's the like best a... they can get away with nowadays. Yeah. <laughs> the market's not there. That the money's not there. The talent can't be there so much. Cool. Hmm. Next up. Uh, next up, we have Creepshow. This is coming up uh, uh, on Shudder. Shudder. Shudder, which is a streaming service. Shudder, that- if you're listening and we know you are, come to Australia, please. Yes, yeah, sweet we'll Jesus, come on. Mm-hmm. Um, this looks awesome. This looks kind of like 80s kind of um, 
or maybe like Anthol- 80s, anthology. 90s mm. anthology. Um, uh, it reminds me of like Tales of the Crypt Creeper, Crypt yeah. Keeper. Do you guys yeah. watch that as a kid? Of mm. Yeah, yeah. Um, Don't stuff be like that. Of the dark. the Love visual that stylings look very much kind of like that 80s um, effects. Schlockfest. Yeah. Really cool practical monsters yeah. and stuff going on. It looks on. like yeah. a lot of care went into this. It doesn't look mm. like your typical. I don't know. It just feels like uh, it's uh, the ethos like, behind Shudder and what they're doing. I'm really into. So I yes. hope it's successful. Mm. Yeah, um, because they're they're obviously putting a lot of love into this. Mm. And that 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 always kind of blows my mind a little bit. Where 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 they hit that beautiful kind of it. It feels like there's a lot of effort put in, but it also looks like a kind of a low budget '80s type film. Mm-hmm. So it looks like schlocky, but also you know um, there's a lot of heart to it. Mm. So I think that's great. Yeah. You, you're, you're pumped for this, Benny? I'm more pumped for Shudder. <laughs> like, I'll 100% watch this if I can get Shudder. I really want Shudder. Yeah. They've yeah. been saying all year that they're coming to Australia this year. Um, time's running out, boys. Come on. Come on, man. Mm. Number 14. 14 trailers. <sighs> what a week. Um, cool. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, number 14, we have His Dark Materials and the latest trailer from that. Um, now I just want to jump in quickly because I know nothing about this franchise. Uh, this looks incredibly well produced and very expensive. Go. <laughs> I think. I think. <laughs> I think. Um, Don't do that. Listen, uh, I, I grew. I, I read the book, the first one, when I was a kid. I didn't read the Subtle Night for the Amber Spyglass. Um, you remember the titles? Well done. Yep. Uh, so. Uh, it was an interesting book series, um, but I didn't necessarily gravitate to it as much as Harry Potter. Not sure why that is, but, um, you know, the, the, the presentation of this looks interesting. Um, the world is really cool with the sort of animal companion that everyone has. Damon's, yeah. Yeah. So, like, it's all set up there. James McAvoy is a really, you know, aw- awesome uh, lead in this. <sighs> and, and the little girl from Wolverine's fantastic. So, uh, Logan, sorry. Uh, but... There seems to be something missing from here. Mm. There's just something not hooking me in to make me go, I have to see that. No, uh, I, I agree. So it's, I'm not quite sure what that is in the diagnosis. But well, a lot of the trailers this this week and you know seem to be let's shove a lot of things into the trailer, like let's put things in hope. front of people's eyeballs but they don't seem to have really good kind of linear stories within the trailer or, or like there's no Ooh. kind of overall um, strategy to these trailers, yeah. I suppose is the best way to put it. Like a good trailer. Um, it's funny. I was, uh, you were talking the other week about how you were just like, fuck Stranger Things. I don't want to see any of the marketing, but that that uh, main Stranger Things season three trailer pops up in my Netflix all the time. And I usually watch it start to front because I think it is one of the best trailers that has come out this year, bar mm. none. Right. I, I absolutely love that trailer. I've never cool. watched a single episode of Stranger Things. Are you tempted? I'm tempted. <laughs> Honestly, after watching that trailer, I season am one's very cool. tempted. Season one's because cool. Because it's, it's so brilliantly put together. I've heard a bunch of people say, just watch season one, then you can go straight to three. Yeah, I've heard that as well. Yeah. Mm. Now, it, honestly, it, it, it's, it's perked my interest. I just have to say, sure. um, TV polar bear technology has come a long way since Lost. Um, yeah. <laughs> these things look great. Yeah, yeah, pretty phenomenal, mm. and some nice headgear. HBO, BBC, with that money, they know what they're doing. All right, guys, let's cap it off with question of the week. 
from our boy Anthony DeRizzo. Thank you, sir. Um, this is a little bit more of a general one about the podcast Strikes Back. How did you guys meet? How old were you when you met? And whose idea was it to start the podcast? So how did you guys meet? Um, so I uh, we all met at the cinema. The Ritz Cinema. The Ritz Cinema, which, which we all were. I was sleeping in the back lane uh, <laughs> in 2004 to 2012. Yeah. So, so, hey, um, you need a gig so, boy. <laughs> it was kind of funny. So uh, you started about six months before me, Ben. Mm. Um, and we, we had actually both gone to the same school for, like, we went to the same high school. Yeah. I don't think we years. ever laid eyes on each other. Hell no. Um, yeah. We were in different schools. We are about a foot and a half different heights. Yeah. So it's very hard. We, we were always next to each other. We just never saw each other. Just at different altitudes. Yeah. Um, and so, but at any rate, like, so I, I started probably about six months after you. Wait, 08? 07? When did you? 08, 09. We would have been 18, 19. I was, I was 08. Oh, sorry, I was 09 December when I started at the Ritz. Okay. So, so we would have been 07 then when we started. I was 08. I was 08, halfway through 08, so you must have been at the end of 08. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because you came on, oh, yeah, so you started, I started about six months later, and then George, I think, started about a year after that. Yeah, mm. Avatar was the first movie I ushered on. Sex yeah. in the City was mine. Are you serious? <laughs> yeah, Fuck, that was a wild time, man. Man of, drunk, man of drunk 45-year-old women. <laughs> Good time to be an usher. Hey, splashy, splashy, where's my cosmopolitan? Honestly, I, that, I, I gained a newfound fear for, for middle-aged women at Sex and the City 2. Oh, yeah. Um, I've never been so um, scared for my life. Yeah, that was when I was ushering those films. Yeah, we, we, we served a lot of alcohol to these, mm. these women. It was not And the pretty. gates open, like the doors open for the cinema, and you're like, oh, my oh, God. It was like crush. that. It was, it it's was like a stampede in the line. Um, so, yeah, we, we all met. Um, yeah, like eight, eight or so, nine years ago. Eleven. Um, eleven. Fuck me. <laughs> yeah, it flies by. What? <laughs> no, you got eleven oh. years. <laughs> Shit. I got this one with my life. Um, <laughs> just working at the cinema. Um, and and, uh, and we would. Well, what was cool was like there was this little crew of us that got just wanted to like just wanted to talk about movies and was just inherently really into movies mm. in different ways and different levels and then you know you'd go back out back to start chalk topping in between sessions which is where you're basically creating these ice creams to sell it's a big thing we'd, in australia we'd make popcorn and, and, and ice creams in the back room and, and, and then everyone's a guy there with a whip yeah and then yeah. <laughs> slave driver <laughs> yeah popcorn <laughs> um and, and, you, and you would just get into these really in-depth conversations and everyone was just like it was such a fun time like mm. i look back on that time group of so fondly and it's almost like it was almost like high school like everyone was a really good tight-knit group of everyone everyone was kind of at uni or, or really young and it was still like figuring themselves out finding their identity talking about movies finding like i was just really keen to talk to everyone about their opinion and like why did they like this movie what do they think about this oh this is coming up and everyone was contributing and it was so much fun and it was i just we used to, and we awesome. used to have the the i guess joke that we should we should put a tape recorder or like just record the conversations that went on in that room i've because got a couple Oh, really? Yeah. Because <laughs> they range from, you know, some really insightful, co- like you you could walk into that room and there would be the most deep and meaningful conversation happening. And three minutes people- later it would be the dumbest, most oh, offensive uh, shit. Yeah, yeah. And then it would be Dane just like <laughs> screaming, running around like, yeah. <laughs> there, there are so many uh, like amazing personalities in that room. Mm. Um, and, and so, yeah, so the joke was always, you know, we should record these conversations. They'd be absolutely hilarious and, and they would be 
really interesting to listen to. And then I came up with the idea to start a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and oddly enough, you two actually had a movie pod, or not a movie podcast, a movie a YouTube channel. Yeah. Um, Feel to fish. Yeah, you guys, <laughs> you guys fish. go find that shit. It's still out there. Go Is it really? To, go oh, feel no. to fish. Um, we didn't know what that was when we. <laughs> yeah, um, a type of like Jewish delicacy or something. delicacy yeah. is a strong word. That shit is the grossest thing I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> but, so yeah, guys, if you want to go look at some vintage vintage podcast, yeah, we, it had what like three episodes, <laughs> about twelve. <laughs> right? Um, hey, we reviewed the first Avengers actually, and then the Dark Knight really? Rises, Dark Knight Rises, yeah. uh, Clash of the Titans, yeah, or yeah. Wrath of the Titans actually. Yeah. Oh yeah. god. Um, and, and so, but the, there was that, uh, quick stint. And then, um, it was only after we, George, that you and me had left the cinema. Mm. Um, and I actually remember where we were, we were, um, down at Coogee beach, um, which is a beach near the, near the cinema. Um, and we were having a chat about, um, you know, we, we were both starting new jobs at the time and, and I, you know, I don't know about you, but I was just kind of missing talking movies with my friends what? and. Um, yeah, I mean, like that. Like, I was, I was missing that as well. But I, I just remember, like, our mate started a, a video game podcast. That's right. Yeah, and yeah, I listened yeah, yeah. to it, and I was like, "You guys suck." <laughs> like, I'm, we got to do better than this. And like, literally, like, thanks, my, Nick. My, my, <laughs> You've my done mo- this. <laughs> my motivation, like, I, like the thing is, is I'm, one, I'm quite competitive uh, in, in a way, and like, in a way, yeah. It, it, like sometimes right. I need that competition to really fuel the fire. And you've got a sound recording background, which is a big part yeah. of this. So yeah, for those who don't know i i studied audio engineering for a bit and i used to play in a band and uh, recorded a bunch of bands as well did a few eps and albums and so it was kind of like this perfect storm of like yeah audio equipment knowledge um the cinema and just being a bunch of mad cunts and like <laughs> it was the trifecta was there why didn't yeah. we call the show that the mad and, cunts. And, and the funny thing is like monetization disapproved yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh. I, and then one of the funny things was i i, I still remember us talking about like oh, this is what we should do, and, and we were we were talking about uh, our friends who had a podcast, and and without like there was absolutely no question that we'd be doing this with Ben, and we did this entire thing with the assumption that Ben was on board, and that when we finally you know decided to go ahead with it. I think it was it might have even been quite late into the process where we were like, Ben, we're recording on Thursday. And you're like, recording what? Like, <laughs> what are you talking about? Like, oh, we're doing a it's podcast. Like, it's the three of us. And you're just, yep. Okay. Like, cool. There was never any question that you could be fish in this. <laughs> We're not calling it that. Oh. Yeah, man. Like, uh, and it's crazy. It's sort of been two and a bit years and now we're sort of 200 odd episodes in and. And this is it. This is the last one. Yeah. Thanks. So oh, we've done I, that joke at least yeah, yeah. four times. <laughs> but one every time, year. it's not going to be a joke. Then <laughs> <laughs> um, you'll be sorry. Honestly, the the um, what was I going to say? The the I remember those those first episodes were were like so far divorced from where we are today. And and it's you know you know what it really is because I listened back to the first one. It's really in the intros and the. Like just warming into the episode. Once we got like twenty minutes into the episode, it kind of starts mm-hmm. oh, it's moving. All, we, we, we've we've been talking about movies for yeah eleven years. Eleven eleven years. So mm-hmm. it's it's that that part has never been. In fact, if anything, I think we've calmed down. 
um, yeah. in the way that we <laughs> talk lot, to each yeah. other. This year we've calmed down. There, there Last your, year, yeah. man, I was on a tipping point. I was like, <laughs> I'm going to fucking take Connor out, man. I'm going to clothesline him like mid-episode. I still remember like one, one of my... I think it's the comfier chairs. Like those other chairs, <laughs> they were fucking my back up. No, no, no. I still, I still remember <laughs> um, you and me, George, talking to Ben about... Uh, or no, well, how was it? We were talking about Prometheus. I still remember that being as like one of the most aggressive conversations oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I've ever been a part of. <laughs> like we were at the pub yeah. for a good hour or two, just yeah. arguing over Prometheus. But listen, listen back to the episode, and we're like the you Prometheus and me, episode. Yeah, you and me are just like these stones. Like it's like Stonehenge. Un, it's like the unmovable force with the, you know like the. The, the immovable objects or whatever that expression yeah, yeah. is. When, a, and when it's like, an unstoppable I, force meets yeah, an unmovable yeah, yeah, object. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. And it's like, I'm I'm in the ground. I'm never leaving this place. Yeah. I'm Just crying tried. in the corner. Yeah. And Ben's like, fuck Prometheus. I hate that movie. <laughs> <laughs> why are you still talking about it? It's why it? I hate it. Why is it tear us yeah. apart? Yeah, <laughs> yeah there have been a few of those. Mm. Yeah. So yeah, we, we've known each other for, for ages. And, Eight, and, eight-ish years. <laughs> um, and, and a funny little uh, timbit on that is... is you uh, you also met your wife, yeah, at the Ritz. At the Ritz, yeah, like, I also met your wife at the Ritz. So did I. Hey, <laughs> yeah, hey, what the fuck? I think she she worked there before you. Yep. Even. Yep. Yeah, very very shortly. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So my whole existence is basically around uh, r- rooms where they project, yeah. project media. That's that's Ooh, it. Yeah. You got married in one of them. Yeah. It was great. One of the mid-sized uh, ones. You don't want to shout wait, out to The lights are all off. <laughs> Got weird. That, that has happened before, though. Married and honeymoon. Yeah. There, there, was a, there was a wedding in at the Ritz. Weird. That was... Yeah, it's she's, scary. She's a better cinema. Thanks for that question, Anthony. <laughs> um, uh, we, we haven't really revealed this dark past, so um, <laughs> nice to get that off there. I, I knew Not nothing just, about it. I think it. it's in our, in our description on like <laughs> YouTube and all that. We, we probably need to give that a little update. <laughs> we, need to, we, need to, we need to give that a little update. But guys, if you have a question for us, let us know on Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, Homing Pigeon, <laughs> Scrolled Letter. Um, you can even run us up to us in the street, smack us over the head. Like we're going to accept everything. So don't you worry. And don't forget. That's not a threat to you two. You're both like six foot, like 12 <laughs> tall. Like no one's going to be able to smack you in the head. I'm the only one at risk of actually being slapped in the head. We'll take, we'll take that chance. <laughs> and the handprint will be there longer. <laughs> God damn it. Um, That's also like, I mean, I don't know if you can tell with us sitting down, but these two are like both six foot something. And I am, nine. I am like four foot something. Like <laughs> it's just, it's not. <laughs> it's the most disproportionate thing I've ever. They can yeah. tell. They can tell. Yeah. If you want okay. some Marvel Excellent. news, go check out our Comic Con Marvel episode thing that's up. And next week we've got some reviews. I'm totally lost track of where we're at with uh, what the releases. Movies. Yeah. We ran out. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hey. Were you ever on track? Never. Oh, no, no. The list was up to date up until uh, Lion King. So, mm. Oh, is that where we stopped? <laughs> yeah. Shit. <laughs> uh, so, folks, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much. Connor, we'll see you next time. See you. Benny, we'll see you next time. Bye, everybody. We'll see you next time. Bye.